Hello to all my fellow historians and welcome to Manifesting Destiny. My name is Mr. Vanderwall and I will be accompanying you on this historical journey. Throughout this podcast, you'll be given insight into the vast and sometimes and quite often strange world of United States history. Each episode, we will tackle one essential question through analysis and storytelling that will leave you smarter and hopefully just a bit more curious in the process. Let's get started. Hey guys, and welcome back to the show. I'm actually pretty excited for today's show um, because I'm finally not going to be the only one on here. So later in the show, we're actually going to be joined by a fellow historian and educator, uh, Mr. Tom Urison. Now, Mr. Urison earned his master's in history from Rutgers University and has been in education for 16 years. He's, he's essentially an expert on the early Republic of the United States, and he is going to help us answer our essential question of how exactly the first political parties were formed and on what issues did they disagree. So before, before we get into um, the interview with Tom, I just wanted to provide you with some background information. So we still have President Washington, who is almost universally loved. Remember, there wasn't a need for political parties because he was almost universally loved by everybody. It's, he's essentially the Captain America of the 1790s. Um, and more than anything, Washington wants to hold on to this sense of unity in the country. The only problem is his close advisors in his cabinet, namely Alexander Hamilton and Thomas Jefferson, begin to really disagree with each other on the trajectory of the nation. And this was very, very concerning to Washington as he hated political parties. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hey, Tom, how are you doing this morning? Pretty good, Mr. Vanderwall. Happy good. to join you. Good. So um, today we're going to take a look at the rise of political parties. Um, if, you, if you've been listening, we've been talking about Washington and his first administration and we covered how Washington was actually quite fearful of political parties. So I was just looking for insight into why exactly he was so afraid of them. Washington comes from a long tradition of believing that there shouldn't be argument in government. Um, basically, his thought was if everyone has the same goal, what is the need for political parties? Um, if everyone's goal is to create a republic that protects the rights of citizens and protects their liberties, then what really is there to argue about? That's the goal, and that's we should go about accomplishing that. Um, of course, the argument is, how do we accomplish that? And it may have been the fact that Washington was a military man, and it was more difficult for him to contemplate um, something where it came to argument uh, rather than just following orders. Right, he just understands chain of command, not so much. Yeah, I mean, he had, he had been in government in Virginia and in the Continental Congress, but um, he just he didn't see the need. And, and he was from a, a philosophy on government where there really was no need for political parties. So then how how would he respond to Hamilton and Jefferson really, you know, really disagreeing on big matter topics? Um, he responded with frustration. That was basically it. He was just frustrated the whole time. Um, um, Washington 
knew that these men disagreed, had different philosophies, but um, he believed that those disagreements could easily be put aside. And he, he found out that he was very much wrong about that. And would, would you say like when, when he actually ends up leaving office that he sees this being a potential problem in the future? Like his way of government is going to go out the door with the incoming presidents. Yeah, he does. It's just a very, it's a short sighted way of thinking. That's the only problem with it. Um, if you, if you fleshed out Washington's position to its end, what it really means is that there should be no disagreements in government. And that's really not what Washington means, but that is the, that's the logical conclusion of his thinking. So, um, it is a short-sighted way to think of things. We look at Washington and and say, my God, this man knew it 250 right. years ago that political parties would be a mess. Um, but his thinking is, his thinking would result in the type of government that they have in North Korea, not the type of government that he would want, um, even in his own time, let alone today. I think that, I mean, personally, what's interesting about Washington is how if he has this strict no party ideas, but they just fought a whole war to get rid of a monarchy, like how is it that much different than what they just broke away from? Um, he believes that everyone would have, since everyone has the same goal, there would be agreement among the government and they wouldn't be taking orders from a president or a king uh, because they wouldn't need them. They would be, they would, they would already be in agreement that their goal is a republic that protects the liberty of men, some men more than others. It sounds like a perfect world. <laughs> so clearly that's not the case uh, today um, with the political party system we have in place now, but it really stems after Washington's presidency. So what exactly were the first political parties after Washington? And you know, what, how would you describe their basic beliefs? First political parties were not even what we would consider political parties today. They were just like schools of philosophy when it came to government. They, both of them almost looked at rights and liberty as a zero sum game. So the Federalists believed that rights flowed through wealth. So if you had money, you were the ones that were supposed to be in charge. Because um, you know what you're talking about. Not only that, but you were able to, if you were wealthy, you were able to divorce yourself from whatever made you wealthy. So um, in today's government, we have a lot of people say um, in certain businesses, but they continue to remain in those businesses when they're in government. Um, this is something that the founders would have thought was almost treasonous. Uh, they believe, especially the Federalist ideology, believe that you had to be so rich that you could divorce yourself from your work and only focus on the rights of the people. Um, that is that was really the, the base basis of why they believe that the rich should rule is that they were less tethered to their businesses. And when they were in government, they would be less likely to come up with laws or um, policies that would favor their particular business. So essentially what you're saying is federalists are more of an exclusive club or they think government should be exclusive to rich, wealthy, white men. Well, yeah, they did. But um, 
they thought that because of a very logical position. They didn't think that people who were born male, white, and rich were inherently better. I mean, many of them did believe that, but that's not why they believe that they should be the ruling class. They believe they should be the ruling class in part because of education, but also in part because they were the ones that were able to, they had the means to, to leave their businesses behind and devote themselves to, to the service of the people. And other people didn't. So if that's if that's the Federalist standpoint, what would be the counter faction or political party? The, the Democratic Republicans believe that the lower classes should should have say in government. Now, when Jefferson talks about the common people participating in government, he doesn't mean it literally. He doesn't mean that um, humble people like you and I. Oh, exactly. Vanderwall should <laughs> should be uh, members of Congress or the Senate, but he did believe that people like us should vote. Uh, he believed that members of the of the white male middle class should vote, and his philosophy on that was his reasoning on that was that during the Revolution, the yeoman farmers made up the majority of the American army. So even though it was a small army, it was mainly staffed with. Um, middle class, we would say today, middle class, yeoman farmers. And for that reason, since they literally fought for the freedom of the country, then they deserve to participate in government. And of the Federalist and Democratic Republicans, which would you say Washington tended to lean more towards? The Federalist. He was a Federalist. Okay. So, I mean, if Washington's a Federalist and then you have Thomas Jefferson, creating this Democratic Republican Party. Um, I guess one of the things we have to look at first and foremost is how they, how they view the law of the land. So the Constitution itself, um, how would you describe their viewpoints? Both of them viewed the Constitution as a restrictive document. So the Republicans viewed it as you can only do what the Constitution says you can do. Strict interpretation. Very strict. Right. Um, the Federalists believed that the Constitution was a document to restrict power, so you can do anything you want as long as the Constitution doesn't say you can't. But in that way, they both, re they both saw the Constitution as a document that restricted and constrained power. Gotcha. Now, I mean, thinking of Washington, because um, we're starting to wrap up his chapter here, um, if Washington were alive today and on Capitol Hill in 2021, um, what do you personally think his reaction would be to the current state of United States politics? It's always difficult to ask, like, how these men would react. No, I know. That's why were, I'm asking you. <laughs> if they were uh, fast forwarded 250 years in the future, I mean, they would be mainly focused on the fact that we had come up with the idea to not poop where you drink. Um, and they'd be very impressed with that idea. Other than that, when it came to political parties, the more obstinate the political parties get today, the more Washington would recognize them. Uh, the political parties, if we want to call them that at the time, um, for the most part, they believed that the other party was literally going to destroy the country. And it wasn't hyperbole. Not the best working relationship. No, I mean, the... the 
the Federalists believed that if the Republicans took power, we would soon be conquered by the French and we would become an offshoot of the French Empire. And um, the Republicans believed that if the Federalists retained power, we were no more than uh, part of the British Empire by another name. Now, that wraps up our interview with Mr. Urison and the review of the creation of the first political parties. So I just want to revisit our essential question before we leave today and take a look at how the first parties formed and what issues they agreed on. And the answer is the groups disagreed about how much power the federal government should actually have. Federalists like Washington and John Adams They wanted a strong federal government that was an exclusive club, limited the ordinary people's roles in the government, where Thomas Jefferson and the Democratic Republicans favored a limited federal government, and they wanted to protect individual and states' rights. And with that being said, I want to invite you all to come back next week for episode four, where we take a look at the election of 1796, where Federalist John Adams is pitted up against Democratic-Republican nominee Thomas Jefferson to see who is going to follow George Washington. Until next time, thank you for joining us.